check your posture. The back straight, shoulders relaxed. And then you start by checking in. Just noticing what you bring with you from the break. Remember the welcoming atmosphere, as if you meet a friend. Nothing is excluded. Sliding into your body with the in-breath, even down into your feet. If possible, with the out breath to soften or to release some of the tension, the tension, tension of doing, of trying to get somewhere, of fixing and controlling. So it's like a flower's opening over everywhere in your body. Flowers opening everywhere in your body. Thoughts continue to arise, that's fine, but they become less important. The hands are also a good place to settle, feel the aliveness in your hands. And then gently you start to notice the breath. And you start by noticing the whole cycle of in and out breath. Just noticing where you feel sensations connected with the breath. And following the in and out breath. So that does not mean that your mind closes down, your mind stays open. So there's space for the sounds, there's also space for your thoughts. But in the foreground of your awareness, you hold the breath, you keep the breath. So you put the breath on the stage of your attention, without suppressing other things. I'm breathing, I'm alive. Where does the breath nurture you?
and then slowly we narrow down the scope of our attention and we start by the sensation in your nostrils and the upper lip so you breathe naturally don't exclude other experiences, but you put the sensations in your nostrils into the foreground of your attention. then when you start to lose the object, you confirm the attention and if your mind gets entangled in something else so far that you actually forget the object the moment you notice that, you return gently without making a big deal as a success to the nostrils. try to feel something there which you have not felt before, which you have not noticed before. How is the temperature of the breath? It's the difference between the in and out breath. Notice the moment when the out-breath is finished. And notice exact the moment when the in-breath is starting. Then we broaden the scope of our attention again, back to the whole body. And then we narrow to the belly, the sensations of the breath in the belly. 
rising and falling, softening the belly. As before, you hold it, hold it in the foreground of your awareness without suppressing the other things happening. And when you forget the object, you return as soon as you notice that you have forgotten the object. the breath. And then towards the end you'll again broaden the scope of your attention into the whole body again, down into your feet, your hands, shoulders and head, the whole body. And then also the surroundings, become aware of the people around you. you. Stay a bit connected with your body when you open your eyes. the next two weeks you you can alternate a bit uh, with the nostrils and the and the belly and see what you like well, how it is and then next time we can talk about it yeah? so the other sessions I will also make little groups where you can share with each other uh, so see if you can have your first experience now the next two weeks, get your meditation practice in place, uh, notice the challenges you have with it, notice what is what, where you feel uh, joy in it, and see if you can settle with either one of these objects, either here or there. There will be not time for question tonight, uh, but uh, we will have time next uh, next time. And uh, I think I will send you some of the information I wanted to give you today uh, in a mail, so you can read about it. 
So then next time we can go into the second stage. I mean, the first stage we are all in. Yeah? So the first stage is occasionally awareness of the breath in your meditation practice. Yeah? Is there any time we can do it for 45 minutes or you just any time you want us to do? How long time? Uh, 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now I, I want to be a bit flexible, yeah. Uh, so uh, because I mean, uh, 45 minutes is you, first. You can also work towards it, yeah. So if you have a set session for 20 minutes, of 20 minutes, maybe you can work to it. But it's fine. Then you then you sit 20 minutes. But there is something happening. Uh, mm-hmm. around 30 minutes into your meditation. Mm-hmm. And, and if you have a meditation practice of 10, 20 minutes, you are never getting there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, uh, I don't know, I don't know what it is. It has something with, uh, to do with our natural rhythms in, your, in our body. And it's a common time, like 25 minutes, 30 minutes. That's a uh, that's, uh, time. But then when we add to it a bit, yeah, so that's good. But of course, if you want to split that time, that's also fine. So then you do 20, 20 minutes. But if, uh, if you at, at one point manage to have a 45 meditation, 45 minutes meditation practice, uh, that would be good. And you just need to commit for these three months. Yeah? It's not, uh, and then, and then you, then you drop it, or you, you continue. Yeah? But um, so it's, I, I, I would say, with some variation, because of course we are. Mm, so if you, no, if, you can't, if you are in the moment of, in a moment in, in your life where you have a lot of anxiety, kind of, kind of a bit. I mean, more than the normal anxiety we all have, yeah? Maybe, so some people would say you have an anxiety disorder or something like that. It's stupid, this, this words, but, you know, let, let's say it like that. So then um, it might be good if you be a bit more relaxed with this and lie down and, and really uh, make this a time of comfort and taking care of yourself. Because sometimes what happens is um, when you do uh, meditation, like a bit more inten- intensive meditation practice like this, is it's kind of, you, it, there is a danger that you get caught up in, in your negative mind and you kind of meditate on the negative mind. Kind of you meditate on anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then, then, you, you, then you strengthen that. So also if you are, you know, if you work with a trauma and in your meditation practice, um, you know, traumatic experiences arises, well then, then it's better not to be too intensive in your practice and rather do a grounding meditation practice or so. Yeah? So intensive meditation practice has its risks, risks. Yeah, risks. 
I mean, if you do like 10 minutes of, you know, quiet sitting, it's not so risky. But if you do this, the nine stages, that's risky. Uh, but but it's, it, 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 it's more risky not to do this. Yeah? <laughs> but, but it's, it, no, so we have to talk about, and we will, we have to talk about uh, how to deal with things surfacing. Uh, one thing I have to write down. Here, in this practice, we are going to do... Difficult is good. <laughs> good. <laughs> this is not well-being practice. Go to a massage then which is probably good to do as well. But this is, uh, this is hardcore Buddhism. Yeah? And the, the, in hardcore Buddhism, there's a risk. There's risks. So uh, part of this process is that that which you don't want to feel will surface. So this is, the nine stages is also a healing process. <coughs> because you can't avoid uh, to, uh, to face at one point all the unconscious processes within you who, uh, who compete with your attention in this process. Yeah? So there's many different processes happening and they will compete with your attention. And some of these processes, we need to address them. We need to pay attention to them because they will not stop to bother us until they get what they need. Yeah. So difficult is good. No, resistance, tiredness, impatience, anxiety, grief, um, doubt. Yeah, they are also called hindrances. Yeah, but they are they are also treasures. The hindrances are the treasures. And why, when, we, uh, when we go along in this process, we will learn how to use this method actually to turn the hindrances into support in our meditation. We, we are not there yet, yeah? But uh, we, will, we will look at that. So we have to look at how to, how to work with all the stuff coming up in our meditation practice. So you need to uh, you need to understand that this is not that this is a this is not an easy work. It's not like uh, getting a massage and feeling better. This is this is serious stuff. And, uh, and if you are, as most of us, and in one way this is appropriate, if you are a kind of comfort junkie, you know, trying to meditate because you're looking for comfort, then this is not for you. 
because we definitely will leave your comfort zone. Because difficult is good here. And we have to leave our comfort zone. And you will be utterly disappointed if you have uh, the intention to feel good in your meditation practice. That will be the reason to give up. Uh, so whatever surfaces in your meditation practice, you know, like for example restlessness, and this restlessness is so strong, you, you feel you can't sit because there's so many important things to do. Yeah? This is really, it's so discomfortable to, to then to say, no, I'm going to look at this, I'm going to welcome this, I'm going to explore this, I'm going to breathe into it. Because also you need to understand it's not going away through other means. It's going to haunt you for the rest of your life, this restlessness, or this grief. It's not, going, it's, it's not going away by putting some tranquilizer on it or some Karlsberg or breathing it away or something like that. It's not going to uh, go away. So uh, we welcome, no? become curious, welcome the stuff which is coming up in your meditation practice. And then we will address it also. You know, the different things, there's different lists and stuff which is coming up. So we are not different than the people 2,000 years ago. They, they had the same. Yeah? You want to, yeah? It says that we will have dual attention to the things coming up and to the breathing. Um, yeah, so right now we are in the first stage. So right now the only thing we work on is here noticing when the mind wanders and bringing it back. So this is now the job. Yeah? This is which we will, we have to address this later. Yeah? Um, but I want to give you a metaphor which is maybe quite, it was helpful for me. Um, because then I also need to mention these uh, five words and this and this, but uh, <laughs> in ten minutes. <laughs> so the metaphor is: imagine your job is to balance a tray with filled glasses through a room of cats. Yeah. Would you mind repeating? To balance a tray of glasses, a filled glasses, through a room of cats. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can you all imagine that? So, the tray of glasses, that's the breath in our case. So that's the object, that which we pay attention to. Yeah? That's what in the foreground of our attention. But at the same time, we also need to aware, we need to be aware of the cats. So they, we don't step on them. We don't tumble. Yeah? So this work is not like this. No? This is a mistake. And this is what many people do in their meditation practice. They think it's like focusing on the object is like this. No. 
what we train in meditation here in shamatha is we hold with sustained attention the tablet but we also have an eye on what is happening in peripheral peripheral awareness is everyone clear what i mean with peripheral awareness like you are now looking at me i'm on your tablet yeah but you're also a bit aware of the surroundings and if there's a cat running here you become aware of it and then you have two possibilities you put the the cat on the tablet or you let it do its thing but you keep the intention steady on the object so the cat if it's not doing some dangerous thing there you know, it can do its thing and you are aware of it but still you are single pointed concentrated yeah on on the on that what you in the foreground so this is peripheral peripheral awareness this is very important that when we train stable attention we also at the same time we are not letting go of the introspection of the perif- peripheral awareness so we keep it bright and alive and we are aware of what's happening there so and what is it what is happening there thoughts discomfort in the body sounds things moving yeah cats yeah uh, and i choose cats because cats have their own mind you no know, the cats in this metaphor there are the different processes which are happening in their unconscious mind which are outside of your control but they will surface and they will compete for your attention you no know, for example the memory will come up so there's a there's something happening it's not yet conscious you know, but something is there some worry yeah for example and then that starts to surface like a cat and it and there's nobody in control yeah you can't it's it's outside the cat has its own life they have their own mind yeah so it's it's coming into the process the worry and then the tendency is then to forget the object and worry yeah to get involved with that cat instead of doing your job so what we what we learn is so there there's two reasons for why for now two reasons for uh <coughs> training the introspection of peripheral awareness one is it avoids a losing of the energy the vitality in your mind it keeps it keeps some energy level the the other the other direction would be when people meditate they go like this they go like this and then your mind says oh looks like time to sleep you know <laughs> because that's yeah and then gone yeah so when at one point when we work with dullness which is you can see it in the in the diagram it's it's not yet but it will be at one at one stage we will we we have to address uh, cause and subtle dullness 
then that is very important because that's where the vitality and the energy will come from. Yeah? The other reason for becoming aware, uh, uh, keeping training uh, introspection of peripheral awareness is you need to learn at one point to see an, uh, one of the cats coming. Yeah, Like, oh, there's the very coming. Okay, let it come, let it be, let it go. And you are aware of it. Yeah? Let it come, let it be, let it go. It, like it goes in the background. Stuff is happening in the background. Or discomfort. We all will experience discomfort and we will address that specifically at one point. But at one point you need to have this capacity to let discomfort be within peripheral awareness and let it sort itself out in that space of your conscious of, the, of, of peripheral awareness. Also, at one point, you need to decide sometimes to let go of the object you have decided to keep and put that, which is keep competing uh, with your attention, to put that into the center. Let's say grief. Yeah? So you, 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 do your, you have just lost someone and it's time for you to grieve. So, and who knows how long, yeah? Uh, so, what you will experience is that that grief in the space of meditation, because things calm down a bit, so some processes who usually get a, a, a hit with a sledgehammer, they start to come because they need to be seen and they need to be felt and they need to be addressed. So they come within peripheral awareness and quite often it's, it's kind of you can leave it there and there's some healing happening, but sometimes you need to do the, make the decision to say, so okay, now I will take that as the support of my meditation. This will be my object I will look at. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. The cats are symbolizing different competing processes which are happening. <coughs> which some of them, and now this is what we do in the next two weeks, we kind of, we give it space, but we kind of ignore it, yeah? Like with equanimity. Yeah? Because the job for the next two weeks is to become aware of these moments when you forget the object and bringing your mind back. That's the job. Yeah? I'm they just... Uh, distract, distractions, eh? they, they distract us from the, from the focus. Yeah. You could call them distractions, but they can be also the support of your meditation. Yeah? It doesn't matter if your meditation object is the discomfort in your right knee or the breath. It's both, it's not, the breath is not holy or something like that. Or a feeling of pleasure in the body or anxiety. This both two objects, and you can use them both for uh, cultivating stable attention. Yeah. So, but we will talk about this uh, 
uh, at that point when it's when it's time to do that, yeah, because now it's time to um, find your object, what you want to use as the as the main focus, so what you want to put on that tray, and you keep it, and you notice when your mind wanders, and you bring it back to the object. So in the first stage, there will be more like this than this. You will be more interested in the cats, <laughs> in the different cats. And you will stumble a lot and lose the whole thing. You, know? you will stumble. And because in order to bring this tray in over the room, you need to be present for it. But not blind to the surroundings. So that's peripheral awareness. Scope of attention, I mentioned. Yeah? So we will experiment a bit with the scope of attention. How narrow, how broad it, broad it is. Like when you use this and then the object is a bit broader. Yeah? At this I, I will say something about next time. Sustaining attention is, uh, is what we start to cultivate now, to, to bring our attention back to what is on the tray and to sustain the attention. Notice through introspective awareness that capacity which notice that you are that your mind is with one of the cats, you notice this capacity to notice this. This is called introspective awareness. And we want to bring introspective awareness, we want to encourage it. So that's why in the moment where you notice that your mind wanders, you give yourself, a, I mean, you give introspective awareness a pet. Yeah, You say, Oh, wonderful introspective awareness. I want to have more of this. Well done. Yeah? Because introspective awareness is not under control, under your control. You can't decide, okay, now, okay. <laughs> yeah? You can't give it an order. It has its own mind. It's a process, a capacity we have, but we need to encourage it. We need to, we need to make it, you know, make it interfere more, more often, and it shouldn't get afraid by punishing. So you give yourself, you, you give this mental process of introspective awareness a pet, uh, like a, a a candy, and then it will come more often. And slowly, slowly, you will notice that uh, you have actually the capacity uh, to, 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 to notice introspective awareness can actually notice when you just start to become interested in one of the cats. Yeah? And then introspective awareness can also support you into the decision, okay, is this something important? Should I, okay, this cat has been here now, the last three sessions. It's not letting go. It looks quite sick. Hmm. I think I put this down and take care of the cat. Yeah. 
Okay, time is up. <laughs> Maybe one last thing. I will send you uh, this. Uh, it's kind of some some kind of general uh, general attitudes or directions. Uh, the look for joy. Um, since we want to uh, uh, have a constant uh, meditation practice for, for the rest of this life, let's say 50 years, some of us will not make that, but uh, let's let's be optimistic. Yeah. So, what is what is really helpful, if possible, that you really that you look for any kind of little joy, any kind of little relief, any kind of little satisfaction. Yeah. And if it's just the satisfaction of I, I'm, I was sitting now with feeling horrible, feeling awful for half an hour. And I, 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 I was breathing into it and I was aware of it and I softened my resistance to it. So, and then there, is, there, there should be a, a, proud, a, a, a pride in you. A pride in you. It's like the pride of the warrior. Yeah? Like, wow. This was really great. Yeah. And then also in the breath, or when you, uh, when you do the kind of the, in the enter protocol, look for some kind of sense of well-being, a sense of comfort. And this in itself is, is, uh, is an interesting, in, in, interesting uh, direction to go because when you when we feel miserable then then the sense is we it's all miserable i mean the whole body is miserable the thoughts are miserable my feelings are miserable but of course that's not true i mean your feet they might be quite happy yeah like everything everything is miserable but the, your feet they you know they, they are quite happy they are alive and and you know and they feel kind of good or at least they suck less than the rest. <laughs> yeah? And that's something. Yeah? So, so if you feel, when I say, look for joy, and you feel, oh God, no, I can't, this is, there's no joy, then go for where does it suck less? And I'm sure you will find something. Yeah? So that, that, that there is no, it's like positive reinforcement. You, you really need to train these cats. They, they need to join, you know, they need to join the awakening process. And you can do it only through giving them little sweets <coughs> and saying, okay, so let's go, let's unify. It's a bit contradicted. I, I find it. <coughs> you, say, you say, if you want to feel good, go to a massage. And now you say, look for joy. I don't think it's contradictory. Uh, because now I'm saying uh, within, the, within the meditation, within the meditation session, 
you look for joy, for something which gives you some comfort, some, some satisfaction. I don't see the, that is a contradiction. I'm, I'm also, I'm not saying you shouldn't, I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't go for massage. I, I, I would say go for massage because it's good to go for massage because that will help you with the meditation. Yeah. What I'm saying is don't meditate for, uh, like, with this mind of, oh, I need to feel good in this meditation practice. That's, so I'm meditating because I want to feel good. Because that's, um, uh, that's, that's a problem. The, the intention uh, is one thing, and looking for joy, finding joy, is another thing. What is your what is the intention? You would say. Mind, my ground when I sit down, when mm. I decided to be. Yes. Yeah. So here, in the first stage, the intention is to become aware when you have forgotten the object and bring it back. I mean, that's like the precise intention. And then there's a bigger intention of, I understand that this is necessary because I want to use my life to wake up, and this is a this is a process. So that's the intention. And as part of this, um, as part of cultivating a diligent and persistent meditation practice, it is important. Well, how you can support that is by looking for moments of satisfaction and peace and joy within your meditation practice. It's like a it's like a help. It makes you like to go to the cushion more. If you if you just feel it's horrible to sit there and it's just difficult and struggle, then uh, then it's very likely that you will give up. <laughs> 